find out what's inside that church. From producer J.J. Abrams, critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters and IMAX November 9th, directed by Julia Savory. Hey, listeners, I wanted you to know about a special free webinar I'll be doing November 15th on the Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife. You don't want to miss this two-hour live webcast where you can interact with me personally and discover the most important strategies in building the relationship of your dreams. There's a link to register for this special webcast on each of the episodes of the series, The Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife. So don't wait. Register today and reserve your seat for this exclusive live webinar. Today, yes, today, we are starting a new, very special series titled, and I love this title, could be one of my most favorite titles in the history of mankind, The Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife. It is based on a new book that I am starting to write with my very own brother-in-law, Pastor Roger Gibson for men who want to build the marriage of their dreams. So if you're out there and this title has grabbed your attention as a dude, then you'd better keep listening because if you don't get this first step on figuring out who your daddy is, then you won't be able to do any of the things necessary to win back your wife's heart. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am Michael Smalley along with my co-host, Seth Johnson. Oh, we have everything correct today, technologically. Yeah. All the dongles are in place. <laughs> I, I stepped up to the plate, guys. You really did. I, I got it done. This is like the one thing you have to do, and you finally <laughs> did it right. Right. It only took a couple years. So what, what do you think when you first hear that title, The Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife? Does that kind of get you motivated? I mean, the, the part that especially gets me motivated is the subject of this this specific podcast. And I will give credit where credit is due because my original thing for this first show on the series based on a new book that we are writing was Who's Your Master? But then, of course, Seth does what Seth does, came into the studio. All cavalier, strutting around. Shirt kind of unbuttoned. Big medallion. Plumes of chest hair. Because there's no hair in my head, so I have to show it somewhere. And now no one's listening. They just turned it off. (laughs) No, but I I had it, you know, Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife, dash, Who's Your Master, which was pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm embarrassed because your idea was way better, and you came up with it so quickly. And I hesitated at first because I thought maybe it's a little too irreverent, but then I realized that's that's who I am. That's kind of what we do. (laughs) I know. So now I'll let you say what this first show is about to give that little subtitle. I'll I'll give the microphone over to you. Oh, who's your daddy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who's your daddy? I love it because really today's show is for the guys out there who, you know, maybe you're headed for divorce. Maybe you're just feeling disconnected. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're just 
not feeling successful in your relationship. So you're not necessarily, you know, thinking divorce or your wife isn't threatening divorce, but you're also not as happy as you'd like to be. Right. You're not content. Yeah. And maybe you're a guy, though, that you're smart enough and you've already figured out that if we want to keep the good times rolling, we have to continue learning and growing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like for all the guys. It's almost like this is applicable to every man. Every hero. Oh. Because isn't, I mean, isn't that sort of what men want to be? Oh, yeah. I mean, why do you think the Marvel movies make so much money? Right. I mean, besides being really well done and super funny and action-packed. Right. In pretty much every scenario in life that happens, my mind creates another scenario in which I'm the hero of it. Uh, All of my dreams at night, all of my dreams during the day center around me being some sort of a hero. Mm -hmm. And then... At some point, though, like reality kicks in, I realize that I wouldn't probably do any of those things. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't tackle the the robber or whatever. <laughs> he would cower in yeah. fear. I actually had a f- friend who uh, he worked. He was working at a bank that was held up. He was there, and well, um, was he like a teller or security? He was. Uh, I think he's a teller. But the time he was not behind. I don't think he was behind the desk. I think he was out in the lobby. And um this the you know guy came in with the, with the gun and he like he put it on my friend's chest and no like way. on his shirt, yeah. And you know, he they he's they stole money or whatever and they they left. And he was like, "Look, you can say whatever bravado that you want. It's like in the moment when there's somebody that you don't know that has a gun on your chest, you do what he asks." Or what he says. It's usually a good idea. Yeah. He was like, because people kept on coming up to him, and he was like my age, and just saying, like, with all that just bravado of like, man, I totally would have, like, you know, swept the gun out of the way and punched him in the face. He's like, no, you wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> you would have done exactly what I did and said Actually, yes. Actually, which would be fairly stupid. Right. You know, now I have imagined, you know, some of these ridiculously horrifying evil acts where people burst in with guns, start shooting in public arenas. Mm-hmm. I do hope and believe that I would want. I just, I would want to attack. Yeah, you know, like if it's if, if the shooting's already started, it's kind of like, well, we might. I, can't, as I well. can't cower, continue cowering in the bathroom stall. Right, I'm gonna have to pull up my big boy pants, mm-hmm. go take, make something happen, take one for the team. Now you know, I've shared oftentimes on the show. I have actually had a few opportunities to be a hero. In my life. I remember something with a plane. Yes. Yes. There was a plane. Like where you he... had to pilot it and land it or something like no. that. No. <laughs> that would have been. I would have tried. <laughs> if no one else stepped out, like, surely it's not more difficult than that, you know, airline video game I used to play right. as a 12-year-old. But no, there was a riot that broke out on a plane. And I kind of looked around like, holy cow, there's like 20 passengers attacking three stewardesses. And I looked around like, all right, let's go, dudes. Okay, I'm the only one standing. All right, I'm I'm the only one walking towards the, the angry riot. And I'm here, and I'm still the only one. <laughs> Which, nothing horrible happened. Thankfully. I've been abducted at knife point, And I will say, I did not panic. Were you the hero in that situation? <laughs> I would say, where, where, where I am proud Sounds is like I didn't... you're the damsel in distress. That was good. That Thank was good. <laughs> I I would like to say it was hero-esque because I did not panic. Okay. I did not lose my mind. 
And when they ditched me in the middle of nowhere, I had the courage as I was crying out to God going, please don't leave me here in the dark, which I know still <laughs> sounds like a damsel in distress. I had the courage to ask the set abductors to, mm -hmm. if they'd be open to maybe just go ahead and take me back to the airport <laughs> in India. <laughs> and they did. That's... And I'd like to think they did because they knew, hey, don't mess with this guy. <laughs> right. He hasn't panicked. He probably has special... I have a very special set of skills that yes. I've developed over a long career <laughs> that make me a nightmare for people like you. How many guys have quoted that line from Liam Neeson, Taken? Have you? I've quoted that so many times in my head. Oh, like my. in various scenarios, someone's abducted <laughs> my daughter. I'm on the phone in my head. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's come across. I mean, every man wants to be Liam Neeson yeah, I just hope, in that movie. I just hope the abductors don't ask, what are you going to do? I'd be like, I don't know yet, but I do know. Look, I can I encourage you in your relationships. I will validate you like you have never been validated. I've had Get ready. one um, very slight Indiana Jones-esque hero moment when I was in college and hiking with some friends. And long story short, we had to like go across this ravine thing, and part of it you had to like slide down. So wait, wait. Let me just get this straight. The apex of this... Heroic thing is a ravine. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a very a ravine very deep ravine. <laughs> <laughs> um, long story short, hey, you need to work on the details. Someone had we had to slide down part of the, this ridge and catch yourself on this like one foot up smaller ledge and then go around in the or else you small ravine or else you fall another fifteen into feet the water into no. <laughs> There's no ravine. There's no water in this ravine. Oh my gosh! All right, damsel and. <laughs> Anyways, I had already gone down, was standing there and holding on to a, a, um, a small tree and waiting for the next next person, this girl. And she slid down and missed the thing and kept on sliding. And I caught her and around the waist her. and we literally swung out over the ravine no. and came back. Did you really? Yeah. And ah, then that's pretty cool. In that moment, I literally was in my head was like, I'm Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> this God. This is happening right now. Slip. Oh, crud. Yeah. And then she was like, thanks. And just walked off. I'm like, oh. That was it? No kiss or and nothing. nothing? That was it. Wow. <laughs> have you ever been shot at? Uh, only with pellet guns. Oh. Of course you have been shot at with pellet guns. I got <laughs> shot at in Nigeria. What? Yes. I've never told you that. No. Wow. <laughs> oh. Usually that's like one of my lead, you know, as I'm getting to know somebody. Yeah. They were very angry, militant Muslims. Mm -hmm. And it was pitch black. It was like midnight. We had just gone by caravan to some seedy motel outside of Lagos, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And I have a bodyguard who was unbelievable. I mean, just a tower of a man. Yeah. Six three, probably six four, just just ripped. Looked mm -hmm. like a Greek god. And we get out of the suburban and we're standing at the back. We're all kind of going, All right, and they're like, Hey, this is serious, like you know, there are lots of people around. I was doing a crusade. Mm -hmm. I think they knew we were going to be there, obviously. And the next thing you know, you hear this noise, and I hear this right by my head. And, uh -uh. I was, and everyone got quiet, and I kind of looked around and went, was that, did I just, was that a Was that a gunshot? And they're like, I don't know. And then, boom, just open fire on the whole group. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And everyone's okay? Oh, yeah, we all made it. So there were I don't want to talk about what happened next, because <laughs> okay. at... At next, the back of the suburban opens up, mm -hmm. and the bodyguard throws me like <laughs> ten feet. I'm like, oh, wham! Into the back. I'm like, what the? And he flies in on top of me. 
and just laid on top of me as we sped off. <laughs> Once again, I think I'm more the damsel in that scenario. <laughs> right. But it was funny, though, because when you're standing, you're like, I th- was that a gunshot? Like, yeah. did I just get shot at? And then <laughs> guns, yeah. That's crazy. Erupt all around us. Isn't that nuts? Wow. I know, that happened. Okay. Maybe I can add that to my story. I didn't sometime. cry. I didn't cry. I didn't pass out. Merely wet yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even do that, shockingly. So, gentlemen, this first show on the Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife is on Who's Your Daddy? And obviously what we're talking about here, well, not obviously, because <laughs> we're saying it in such a weird way. But, Seth, what are we talking about? Who Who is your master? Like, what is who's in charge of your life? Amen. And for you and I, I know you hate it when I do that. I hate it when he says amen. I know. I don't. I, it's like when it becomes spiritual, I just I have to say amen. <laughs> amen. Would it be better if I sang it? <laughs> if you were good, good at that. <laughs> I was a good singer. So who's your daddy is about figuring out who's in charge. You know, who's. Who's the master of your life? And mm-hmm. for Seth and I, that is Jesus Christ. Don't speak for me. Okay. So for me, that is Jesus Christ. For Seth, it it's could Je- be. It's Jesus Christ. Oh, but I just- <laughs> so I wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, I you, thought you were like. You're take- just very bold. I thought you were going to take that a different direction. <laughs> so, and, and what I mean by that, and that's what today's show is about, is w- what does it actually mean to have Jesus at the center of your life where Christ is in control of your attitude? your behaviors, you know, your actions, mm-hmm. because if you are at a place, especially if you're at kind of, we, we gave three scenarios, right? Maybe you are headed for divorce. Mm-hmm. Maybe your wife has mentioned divorce. Maybe you have. Maybe you're just kind of stressed out and unfulfilled in your marriage. Uh, and obviously, if you're doing really well, probably Christ is at the center, would be my guess. But for in particular, the first two categories of those kind of guys Man, if Christ isn't your daddy, if he's not your master, then all the other things that you're going to need to do during this process of winning back your wife are going to be next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I would even, you know, one of them, I don't, whether it's obviously it's not unique, so I don't mean unique in the sense that I'm coming up with this idea for the first time. What I mean, though, is it, it's surprising to me how few people, and let's just, you know, this is for men. How few men realize that when Christ is the master of your life, when he's truly your the big daddy in your life, that one of the things that comes along with it is you recognize that only Christ can turn your wife's heart around. Right. So what I mean by that is, where oftentimes men will make a mistake in trying to win back their wife from any place, right, really negative or just only slightly negative, is they have some delusion that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be able to turn her heart around. I'm going to be able to win her back, and it's going to be through my effort, my words, you know, my actions. Right. And that's what's going to do it. And And we say this, I've said this before on the show, that you know, I've been in the ministry of helping people change for twenty, almost twenty-four years now. And one thing that I fully understand is I don't change anyone. Right. 
Like I have no ability. I can give someone all the greatest advice ever. Or and, mediocre advice. Or even mediocre <laughs> advice. And they they aren't necessarily going to receive that because I can't I can't personally change their mm-hmm. heart. Only Christ changes, you know, only Christ changes hearts. Yeah. And 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 that's long-term change. And Be- real change. Because because I think what what happens as well is when men in particular uh, might try to make changes on their own. Like you might see some short-term change in reaction and quote-unquote success, but that's that's not played out over the long term. And then you come back to these same frustrations. Yeah, it's not going to be lasting. Exactly. And so that's why like you have to realize that you can't do it. No, you can't. And Seth, to your point – if if you're making any sort of meaningful quote unquote meaningful changes, but you think you're the one doing it, it's it's fleeting, mm-hmm. and and that's gonna by the way be for yourself, gentlemen, and your wife. So if you try to change the things that probably need to be changed in your own life on your own power, you're gonna fail. Mm-hmm. You, again, you might have like this momentary success, but it will not last because right. life isn't perfect. Things right. are going to still come mm-hmm. flying at you, and you're going to be right back where you were at the beginning. Yep. And so making Christ your daddy, your, your literal, the one who's in charge of your life, is important because first, it hopefully gives you the correct perspective that, mm-hmm. hey, if this is going to work out, it's going to be through Christ changing me and through Christ changing my wife. And I cannot make that happen. All I can really do is trust in him. And so, you know, just... I don't want to assume that anybody, even those who might claim to be a Christ follower, or for those who are hopefully listening and are like, what, okay, what are these dudes talking about? Like, what does it mean to make Christ your daddy? There's a thing in our culture called, and there was a professor that my son, who's at uh, Cole, who's at Biola University in La Mirada, California, and he had this term that I love, and it's called, and it's this issue or problem of decisionism. In the United States. So, what's that? Well, the vast majority of believers think that a relationship with Christ is about a single prayer. Oh, uh, like the, the sinner's prayer. Yeah. So, hey, God, you know, I believe in you and I'm lost and I need you. And so, will you please come into my heart? And that's it. And then done. And now I'm good. And, and it's almost this like mentality of fire, you know, fire or flood insurance. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, good. Well, we'll just stick with fire because the fire's of hell. Right. So, <laughs> woo, you know, they kind of wipe the forehead because I prayed the prayer. I'm good now. I get to go back to whatever I was doing right. before I prayed the prayer. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with that is Christ never, not one time, and nor does it in any place in Scripture, say that salvation is through a prayer. Right. Or else he would, if that was the case, he would probably give us that prayer. Yeah. <laughs> which it's not there. Which would be a great one. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we, we can get into the long history of that, but it, it kind of, I think, cropped up around the 40s or 50s. I think it was Campus Crusade for Christ tried to make it easier mm-hmm. for believers to, you know, convert. Okay. To win souls, which is a, man, that irritates me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I saved someone or I, you know, I've, 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 you know, I've brought 15 people to Christ, and again, no, you didn't. You may have been there at the moment they chose to start believing right, and then doing, but that, again, was a Christ thing. Right, wasn't you thing. No, that was definitely not a you thing. 
So what does it mean to have Christ as your daddy? Well, you have to first, you do, obviously. The first thing is you do have to believe. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, I'm not dissing, I am dissing the prayer. I am dissing it, but I'm not. <laughs> Way to take a firm stance on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think it's a good thing to sort of make a declarative statement. Right. Yeah. It says, whoa, I realize for the first time that there is a God. Mm-hmm. And he did send Jesus, and Jesus did live, and he did die, and he did resurrect. He did. He he is now seated at the right hand of God, and he overcame death. Yeah, I believe that because you can't have Christ as your daddy if you don't first believe that he is who he said he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and that addresses. I once did a sermon called uh, "Jesus Liar, Lunatic, or God," mm-hmm. because I hate it. I hate it when non-believers try to claim that Jesus was just a great, you know... Uh, great teacher. Yeah, a great teacher. He was just a really good rabbi. And it's like, no, he can't just be a really good rabbi. And it's because of who he claimed to be. Right. That's that's the defining thing that Christ said, I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Like, I am. I was, I was here at the beginning, before... And I'm going to be here long after for eternity. I am God. He is me. Everything I do and say is is from the Father. And so it's that claim that he can't just be a good teacher. Because would you, you know, if you walked into some church today, Seth, maybe you're on the road doing one of your many gigs that you do, <laughs> concerts and playing your little guitar like a cool person. It's a normal size guitar. It's fine. But if you heard the pastor claim to be God, what would you do? Uh, I would have a uh, quick talking to, and probably if that if that bold claim was made, get him off the stage immediately, and be like, "Hey, that's heresy." Would you follow? No. And have there been people throughout time and history that have claimed to be sure the messiah David Koresh. <laughs> da- that's so funny it's the exact example i was going to go for because david koresh if everyone remembers in waco or waco waco texas that was my first real memory of waco texas really i was still living in florida so i had no that's reason so sad. To, to know you know it. i was there as a journalist covering that whole thing and one of my good friend's dads was like leading the atf no there. Way. yeah he got some crazy stories but you know, Koresh claimed to be that, mm-hmm. and look how it turned out. Right. No followers, death, destruction. And and really, when you look back in time, anyone who ever claimed to be God ended in total disaster. Right. Right? No followers today. Nothing good came from their life. Right? No change, no movement. But then you you look at Christ and you read and you see these, even in particular, the 12 disciples and all the Christian sense, those who claim to know him and follow him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people are dying for Christ. Right. I mean, so that t- kind of tells you something about in that time, he not only claimed it, but he backed it up with his actions. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the wonderful empty tomb. And I, I heard, oh, man, who was it? I heard some pastor recently just sort of unpack just, you know, just sort of the insanity of that empty tomb, right? Because people try to claim, right, you know, the followers hit it. Well, right. you know, 
how big of a deal it was at that time, they're going to get found. And they're going to find a body. Right. Right. And there were guards posted there that knew that if something happened, if anything happens, they were, we're dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like this light. They weren't like our Rinnikov security guards or yeah. like minimum wage. <laughs> no, these were seasoned warriors mm-hmm. guarding the tomb who ran in terror, right, when that whole thing started to unfold. And so the key to making Christ your, your master is that you, you don't you, – because it, where it gets tricky, because, you know, obviously salvation is a free gift. Mm-hmm. But if you do really believe, it will be shown in your actions. Right. And so Christ being the master of your life is about not only believing him, but that belief is so real, so foundational to your life that you now obey him. Mm-hmm. So now you behave in a way that honors Christ. Right. And so we know that throughout the Bible, and I like to do this a lot of times when I'm preaching around the country, is um, is I'll, I'll kind of ask the audience, so, all right, you know, who believes in Christ? A bunch of people raise their hands because it's in a church. Right. And it'd be awkward if no one did. Yeah, I know. It'd be, wow, where am I? Wait, what kind of church am I in? <laughs> oh, this is the gang. Okay. But... You know, a bunch of people will raise their hands. And then I'll go, okay, now, does everyone agree, you know, what was Jesus' love language, right? We love the book, mm-hmm. Five Love Languages, by Gary Chapman, not my father. Not your father. And in there, Gary kind of gives five primary ways that people feel loved, mm-hmm. which is a total trick question on my part, because it's not one of those five, <laughs> right? What are the five? I never can remember them all. Physical touch, quality time. Gifts. Gifts, words of affirmation. And service? No. Acts of service. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. Which is my wife's favorite. Oh, that's kind of bad that I always forget that one. <laughs> yeah. Might want to work on that. But none of those are Christ's love language. His love language, because, and we know this because of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So if you just read anything that Christ was quoted as saying, he says over and over and over again in the New Testament th- throughout the Gospels, he's quoted as saying, if you love me, then obey my commands. Mm-hmm. So Christ's love language is obedience to his command. So if you believe in him and you love him, then you will obey his commands. And the next question is almost cruel, and it was asked of me, and we've shared this before. But, all right, so does everyone agree then that if you love Jesus, you're going to obey his commands? And everyone's like, yeah, okay, that's great. All right, how many commands did he give? And that's where they get quiet, right? And they're like, "Uh uh-oh. And sometimes people will shout out, because I'll ask, like, how many? And someone will right. go, 10. That's usually the first one. I'm like, okay, those are the 10, ten commandments, commandments <laughs> from the Old Testament, which are good, and they are commands of God, so yeah. they are to be followed. But no, mm-hmm. you know, how many commands did Jesus say and was quoted saying in the New Testament? And then someone will say two, which is a pretty good effort, because it's, you know, he talked about the two greatest commands, love mm-hmm. God, love others. We talk about right. that a lot. And, okay, that's two, but no, that's not right. He gave over 100. Yeah. And smarter people than us, like John Piper, Steve Scott, uh, they, you could, you know, because Jesus will make a command and he'll say it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So there's, yes, there's, it doesn't mean there's 100 individual or over 100 individual commands, but if you were to kind of group them together, there's about 52. Yeah. 52 unique commands. And nobody, still more than I knew. Yeah, nobody knows them. 
which is insane, right? And I feel like that's a part of this decisionism culture. Like, all I really have to do is mm -hmm. pray the prayer and I'm good. Right. No, what you really have to do is believe and then follow by obeying his commands because that's how Christ feels love. And what's great about his commands, because then people, oh, so you're saying salvation is, is uh, you know, acts-based? No, it is not. It's, it's obedience-based. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it does mean you better know what they are. So I'm, I want to, there is a free PDF that I can make available. We can maybe put a link to it on this page. Yeah, let's do it. That's, that kind of gives you those commands because that's how you make him your master. Now, we're going to go on here in a second and kind of go, now how, how you know Jesus, like what are the signs in your life if you don't know Christ? And then what does it look like if you do? And Jesus is in command of your life. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Oh, what kind of commercial do we have today, Michael? Well, today, just off the top of my head, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say that uh, I really want to encourage people on our online course library. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. So go to smalleyinstitute.com. We have several really cool, powerful free courses that you can sign up for to get a taste of sort of the things you're going to get if you get the whole kit and caboodle. Oh. Oh, yeah. So the, we have wait, the kit and the caboodle? The kit and the caboodle. I could use me some caboodle. So you can take a free course called The Number One Reason Relationships Fail. Mm -hmm. It's really good. And then you can also sign up for one that uh, helps you how to resolve conflict, which is yeah. our communication method, Love Talk. They're two great courses. You can get a ton just from those. But there's so much more. So much. We have dozens of hours from our very best video series. So just go to smalleyinstitute.com and consider becoming an online member because it will help you build a better relationship. If if someone signed up and became an online member, would they get one of those jackets that then says members? Members only? only? No. Okay. Way to now discredit the entire thing. <laughs> this was a terrible commercial break. <laughs> All right, so how do you know Jesus isn't your master? Well, you keep trying to prove to your wife that you've changed instead of simply showing her. Yep, because then it's under your own power again. It, it, absolutely. You haven't surrendered anything yet, and you're trying to make it happen based off your own actions and will, and that's not going to help. And it's, by the way, that's one of the most traumatic mistakes a guy will make when trying to win back his wife is, look, like, so the wife might come to you and go, I want a divorce, or this is terrible, and I don't think we need to be together anymore, mm -hmm. whatever. And then they panic, and they might actually change, which is a yeah. good thing. Right. And then you sabotage it by trying to prove to her and show her, look, 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 see, but no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'll never hurt you again. I'll never do this, or that's changed. Right, nah, nah. And they blow it because your wife probably already has some pretty profound negative beliefs. Right. And it's just going to come across as more manipulation, more control, and it's going to blow up in your face. So off the top of your head, can you think of common ways that you've seen men um, like fall in trying to prove to their wife that they well, love? Well, it's, it's just that. It's, they're making statements that, but look, I know that it was miserable for 15 years, but I've, uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. So, like, yeah. It's I've like changed. The statements of, yeah, look, look I've now. changed. I had one guy who kept telling his wife, he's in counseling, he's like, look, I've changed, I'm changing, I'm doing everything you've asked, but yet still communicating with her in very harsh ways, 
still manipulating, you know, still doing Still wasn't the- actually doing everything they asked. Exactly. And so you're not going to get credit for it if they don't experience the change and you can't tell them they're going to experience the change. You just have to allow them to experience it. So this is an action speak louder than words. It is, big time. Uh, another way you might know that Christ isn't your daddy is that you're scared and you're panicked. Mm. Like, oh no, I'm going to lose her and I'm going to be a divorcee and I don't want to be that. I can't handle being single again and oh, what's going to happen? And they're terrified. And and that's usually the fuel that drives all those other stupid words and stupid actions that sabotage actually winning your wife back. Okay. And so the true Christ follower, guess what one of his commands are? Love one another. Which is one, yes. Thank you. But there's one more <laughs> applicable to what I'm talking about, which is do not be afraid. Mm. He tells us over and over and over again, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't freak out. Because I am your God. Because I've got your back. And so someone who truly has Christ as their master, they're, they're, they're not going to be scared. They're not going to be panicked. And, and listen, everybody, relax. It doesn't mean you're not going to have moments Right, you're gonna right. have a moment because she seems determined to leave you, and you know in your heart you've really made a change, but you're you're gonna kind of slip a little. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is you you're gonna have to remind yourself that well, hold on, the only thing I can do is truly love Christ and right. be obedient to Him. You just don't live in that in that you fear. You don't yeah, live in the panic. You can't stay there. And you're probably also not, if he's not your master, you're not praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your actions. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're, you know, it's again, you're still trying to get it done on your own. And you're not pausing and praying and fervently praying. Like, you, you, that needs to be your chief job. Right. If you're trying to win back your wife is you need to bathe this entire thing and in prayer, but even but in those prayers, because the reason I say it, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your actions is you need to be asking the Lord, "Hey, what? How do I? How do I respond to this? And what do you want from me here?" And if you're not doing those things, then He's really still not yet quite the center of your life because mm-hmm. you're still trying to get it done on your own. Now, Seth, what does it look like if Jesus is in command? If He is your daddy? If He's your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you you are at peace, so you know that okay, um, he is in control. I've surrendered it to him, and he is an all powerful, all loving God towards me. So uh, I can have confidence in his provision in this. And, and I'm going to be. And by the way, I'm going to be okay, whether she leaves me or not. Right. I don't need her to stay mm-hmm. in order to be okay. Exactly. Ooh. And that's that a, a, a profound genuine sense of peace is going to come through that attitude. Mm-hmm. And you can see how that's going to impact now all of your actions. You're just not going to be high strung. You're not going to be pathetic. Yeah. Which is bad. Oh, please begging her not to leave you. That does not show her that you've changed. It says, I need you and you're the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. Not Christ. Whew. I hope people are listening to this stuff. And <laughs> uh, you're going to be patient. That is a fruit of someone who has Christ at the center of their life mm-hmm. is they are patient. I have a I have a good friend whose wife divorced him. He really did change. She's dude, she's engaged now to another guy. And I mean watching him and seeing him stay faithful to Christ cuz how easy would it be just to give up at that point? Right. Yeah. Oh, well this 
You know, oh man, I think that that brings up a huge point because I don't you Christ is not the master of your life if it's dependent on particular outcomes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You don't really believe that point. God is right. just a magician. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the lottery or just whatever. A I mean, genie that you're hoping to yes. answer your wishes. A yeah. genie in the bottle because I'm not getting what I want. Well, if what if the thing that you want most is your wife, you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. She cannot be your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal has to be Christ. And when it's there, you have the patience to hang in there even when all it just looks bad. You know, everything around you says this is going to end bad, but you know, well, it can't. Ultimately, it can't end bad for the person who truly has Christ at the center of life because, hey, upon death, it's all solved. Right. So this life might be difficult, but I know I'm going to be okay ultimately. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? Forgiveness. Now, this is both for yourself and your past actions and what you've done to maybe like damage the relationship um, and those behaviors and your wife. Because shame and self-loathing is not going to get you there. Right. Oh, I'm horrible, and I messed my whole life up, and oh, woe is me. Well, that's really just selfish. That's about you. Right, and if you you have made Christ your master, he doesn't hold those things over you anymore, and he has forgiven you. So then you're literally living in disobedience if you're not forgiving yourself. Because you have to. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's one of the commands. Yep. But then you also have to forgive your wife. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I know that your wife hasn't been perfect. So this is not a show saying that men are 100% at fault to a failed marriage. Not at all. Men and women are both 100% at fault. Mm-hmm. And so your wife has made mistakes. And by the way, the current mistake might be the hardest one to forgive. It might be that right. cold heart. Or maybe her refusal to forgive you. And mm-hmm. which is why you have to continually keep forgiving her if she is not responding in an honoring way towards your change. Right. So you got to keep forgiving her. And the forgiveness doesn't run out. There's not like it. No. Man, she's she's done this a dozen times. And so, and so I'm, I'm, I've used all my forgiveness wishes or whatever. Nope. I told someone recently through a very painful experience because they asked me, well, what would you do if if your wife was trying to destroy you i said i'd lay my life down i would i i now I, m- thankfully my wife has not tried to do that mm-hmm. destroy my life but i i do believe in this stuff that we're talking about and i and my earnest prayer would be that i would literally lay my life down and go i hate what's happening mm-hmm. but i'm going to forgive and love you until i die right. that's never going to stop and I might and and what's great, the freedom in Christ is that people can't take advantage of me if mm-hmm. I lay my life down and give it to him anyways. Right. Because yeah. now I'm doing it as an act of sacrifice. And so therefore I take that manipulation out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna take you for everything you have. I'm gonna take all your savings and all your this. And if you go, okay. Well, here's everything. I wanna give it to you. What? It that blows people's minds. Yeah. We had my dad, one of his really close friends. His wife was divorcing him. It got all the way to the end. And this kind of thing finally really hit him. Where when he walked into that lawyer's office to sign the deal, the divorce decree Mm -hmm. that divided everything up, very wealthy person, he realized, you know what? 
I he had an affair and cheated on her, and he realized, you know, this isn't a good deal. And so he walked in and said, hey, I want to write a new one. I want her to have everything. And, I mm-hmm. mean, she looked at him like, what? And his own lawyer was like, uh, <laughs> right. can we that's, have a that's moment? That's not what he means. <laughs> yeah. That's not what he means. Can we have a moment? He goes, nope, I get it. And he looked at his wife, mm-hmm. who was just about to be his ex-wife, yeah, and said, I will spend the rest of my life honoring and repairing the damage that I've done, and I want you. To, I don't ever want you to ever have to worry about money, ever. Hmm. It's all yours. Wow. And so she starts right now. What's funny is she's still signed. She's <laughs> like, I'll take that. Right. <laughs> but like a month later, she starts calling him. Maybe we need to go out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We, and boom, they got, I think, three or four months later, end up getting remarried. Wow. I know. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Your wife may never come around. And that's her problem. She's going to have to deal with that on the day. But it doesn't change how you were to respond. It doesn't. And it's freeing. Like, I'm not in, no one controls mm-hmm. me because I don't need anything but Christ. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is respecting her boundaries. And I think this is the one that is also super hard because um, sometimes you feel like maybe the boundaries are um, da- possibly damaging and maybe they're not. Like, right. We- well, like, don't talk, don't talk to me. Don't right. text yeah. me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. That feels like, uh-oh, that I'm makes things lose worse. Yeah. yeah. But what we're telling you is respect that. Mm-hmm. Back off. Well, because no one likes it if, like, hey, I don't want to see you. I Like, we can't talk. And all of a sudden, you're the creeper, like, standing in the window of a restaurant. Exactly. Or you continue going, but look, but look, but mm-hmm. look. All of those are only going to come across as manipulative. Right. And controlling, which are two very bad things that you want your wife feeling if you're trying to win her back. And then... Finally, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna show a life of surrender. So you're going, your actions are gonna show that you're allowing Christ to do the work for you. So that's where, again, the peace, the patience, the, all that stuff comes into play because you're saying, Lord, I can't do this. So you're gonna have to win her back for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be obedient to you. Yep. Now, here we wanna end each one of these episodes with sort of a hero's actions. Yeah. So this is sort of your, very concrete action step if if you're going to make Christ your daddy. Number one, it's and we've said this, it's not a prayer. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a lifestyle of obedience to his commands. So start learning his commands. Mm-hmm. Go to this podcast episode and download those uh, John Piper's free PDF, the 52, I think he calls it the 52 demands of Christ. Download that and start living them out. Number two. Number two, find a mentor. Man. Can't this, stress that enough. Yeah, ginormous. To have someone in your life that um, has a spiritual maturity that surpasses your own, that can look into your life and speak truth to it, and yep. that, you, that you'll listen. And you need, to, you need to surrender some of your pride and authority to that person yeah. as well and make sure that they know that. Um, I can't tell you how many times in my life that – Having those men around me has just saved me from making stupid, stupid decisions. Hey, if you're willing to go and pray and and ask God to bring you a mentor, that shows again that Christ is in charge, mm-hmm. not you. And a mentor, man, that we cannot stress it enough. How and just the encouragement it is. of even like when they can see successes when you can't as yeah. well, which is which can be huge, especially in like times of issues with relationships, things like that. 
So they're just having that, um, you know, that accountability when you need it, and also kind of like that support and cheerleader when you need it. And then lastly, the hero's actions, you need to engage with a community of men who believe the same thing. So a group mm-hmm. of dudes that all want to follow Christ and be obedient to his commands. Because what that community is going to give you during this time, this really stressful time, I get it. It is. It's not fun. But you can be okay, especially when you have a mentor. But this community of guys who are going to give you encouragement, they're going to give you accountability, and then they're going to give you support. Mm-hmm. And so... Hey, it takes work. Like, you can't sit on your butt on the couch eating Cheetos and then wonder why your wife isn't coming back. Right. Why you're not winning this battle for your marriage. I mean, but I mean, we all love just sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos, but it's not necessarily the best thing. Yeah. It's not going to win your wife back. I'll say that much. <laughs> well, we will do a very quick ending because we've gone on for a long time for this show. We had some good story time at the beginning. We did. It was good. <laughs> But don't forget, on this podcast episode's page, you can find all the cool links to download our Reignite Your Marriage app, which is a super powerful app that gives you some very neat free tools that you can use to resolve conflict. You can make a love list. It's super neat, and it's on any device. We've already talked about the online courses, so you don't want to forget about those. So just head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and check out our online library of courses. I kind of blanked on what it was. Wow. I knew it was That's, online. It was a very pregnant pause. <laughs> For dramatic. Like, For dramatic. Effect. Reasons. Uh, effect. <laughs> it's even better. Clearly, we're derailing and need to end. Absolutely. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or give us a call toll free at 888-565-6462. Hey, DC. Right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better, it applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks Friends and Family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details.